Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This is the Creative Alchemy Podcast, and I'm your host, Monique Pantel. Here, we explore creativity and life through story, synchronicity, and tales of possibility. This is a place for artists and dreamers to share wisdom, inspiration, and empower you to explore your own creative life. Together, we hold space to speak dreams into reality and share transformative ways of creating and living life. Let's dream, alchemize, and create. Thank you for being here. Welcome to Creative Alchemy. Hello, welcome back. I'm back in Panama, sitting at my desk with a warm cup of coffee. Finally, I feel settled. We've been here nearly a month, and I think it's taken just about that much time for me to feel settled. And I would love to take the first few minutes of this podcast just to catch you up on life. I know a lot of people that listen to Creative Alchemy are connected to me through Instagram or just in real life. So yeah, I would love to just take a moment to catch you up on how life has been going because it's been so full and it's been so beautiful and it's just really nice to catch you up on all of the moving parts and all of the exciting things that are happening. So yes, we are back in the jungle, which is so wonderful. We are on the sort of shoulder season um, moving into summer. So we still have had a lot of rain, um, which is kind of nice in the some sense because it allows me to really just focus on being inside the house, getting everything organized. But we've spent the past four months traveling, going back home to see family. My partner, Louise, got to meet all of my friends and family. And also my baby got to meet all of my friends and family too. We didn't get to travel until four months ago. So it was just a very, very special trip totally jam-packed with love and adventure and new experiences. And uh, yeah, I'm just feeling very grateful and very excited for all of the friends and family that are planning to come and visit us here in Central America so that we can share how magical it is here with them. So yes, we went to Canmore. We experienced the mountains. I had a beautiful engagement session there on the top of a mountain. It was so cool. The groom, he works at one of the ski villages there. And so he had like kind of VIP access. So we got to take private access road up the mountain and we got to turn on the chairlift to get all the way up the mountain. And then we did our photo shoot at the very tippy top and then we hiked down. It was just such a cool experience and I'm really looking forward to yeah photographing their wedding it's so nice to spend time with couples and really like get to know them I think 
you know, sometimes photographers put a time limit and I do too, just obviously for boundaries sake, but it is really nice to just extend the photo shoot a little bit longer so you can get to know your couple. And so, yeah, we got to spend really nice time together, watch a little bit of the sunset. And I mean, being on a mountaintop on a clear day, there's just nothing quite like it. It's so magical. And then from there, we went to California, my baby daddy, husband, partner, life man, (laughs) and baby. We went to Encinitas and it was really cool to experience, I guess, like Southern California surf culture, especially for Luis because he only knows, well, he's traveled a lot within surf in Europe and in South and Central America. But, you know, it was just neat. California's kind of famous for surf and all of that. So yeah, we hung out in Encinitas and that was really lovely. Noah really liked hanging out at Moonlight Beach and we'd, you know, wake up and go for nice walks and go for coffee. Those are the kind of things that we don't really get to experience here where we live because there aren't that many places to do something like that. So yeah, we really just soaked it up. It was so fun. And then we drove the the Pacific Highway north to San Francisco and we drove through Big Sur and we just really got to soak up that beautiful coastline and yeah, spend some special time together. It was so fun. But now we're back and yeah, like I said, life has been moving really quickly. We are building a house. At the beginning of 2022, we managed to buy a very small piece of land that is probably 300 meters from the ocean, which is super cool. It's like so close to the closest beach break. And um, we are building a home because currently we are renting. We're building a home, but we really like how in the front of our current house, Luis built a pizzeria because throughout the pandemic, there were no travelers and he was a surf coach. So essentially he kind of lost his job in sort of one way or another. So so he just decided I'm going to build an oven and I'm going to make pizzas. And as it turns out, he's amazing at it. <laughs> so we're kind of rolling with it. He wants to continue the pizzeria. So we're building a house with a pizzeria in the front and I'm going to be building sort of a concept space in the front as well for photography, for sort of just like a multi-purpose artist space. And, um, I feel so excited about that because you've heard me, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, one of my big dreams is to create a women's artist residency here in Panama. And I was feeling a little bit stuck. I just couldn't almost imagine what it looked like moving forward just because there's so many other aspects in my life to work on, (laughs) you know, that require energy. So the idea of, I don't know, starting a, a nonprofit organization or a corporation in Panama and doing all of these things, I was like, oh, it just sounds like, sounds like a lot. However, I was looking at the architect's plans and the layout of the house and everything And I just got so excited because it looks like we are going to be able to welcome artists as like a phase one into our home. We are building like a really beautiful guest suite that is separate but attached to our home. And then I just had this kind of light bulb moment, like what if I just invite artists to come into the guest suite and then they can use, you know, the concept space as an artist space. So... Yeah, that is just like the best feeling ever. And I really actually enjoy the idea of having it be a phase one so that we can really work out the kinks and see what works and get feedback from different artists about what they need. And then so when the project 
you know, moves to phase two, we'll have a much better idea of how to move forward and support artists. So it's just such an exciting feeling, you know, because I think I felt like the artist residency was years away instead of months away, but now it feels like months away. So yay. Let's see. I am in the middle currently of a photography mentorship program called Clueless to Clients, and I'm coaching nine women right now. Some of them are medium experienced in photography and some are brand new, like just picked up a camera a month ago. So it's unbelievable. One of the women in the program, we're three weeks in. She is on a shoot trip to LA right now. That is cool. She's based in Kelowna, so that's fun, which is like wine country in Canada, if you're unfamiliar. Several of them, I would say four, have made back their investment with me, which is amazing because we're already halfway through and it's only been three weeks, which is incredible. So yeah, I'm just feeling very proud. I'm feeling like proud mother photographer, grandmother woman. proud of her baby photographer ladies going off into the world and sharing their creative gifts. It's really beautiful. And speaking of creative gifts, I think I've spoken about this on the podcast, but when Noah was born, around the three-month mark in my conversations with my friends, I call it the fifth trimester, but I felt this massive surge of creativity I couldn't even keep in all of the ideas that I had. It it was just this total spring of creativity and ideas and projects and things that I wanted to bring to life. And I remember the first meditation, the first time that I sat and got still, I'll never forget, I sat next to my bed, I lit some incense, Noah was in his little like snuggle me thing on the bed and he was sleeping and I sat down on the ground on this like meditation pillow and I just allowed whatever came to kind of come and flow and what came was you know how sometimes writers talk about like channeled writing that's what I experienced what came was the most beautiful children's book like I can't even believe I I wrote it, honestly. I've showed it to other people and this sounds kind of funny to say, but I've had people say, oh, it actually reminds me a lot of The Giving Tree, but a lot happier at the end. And um, so it's a beautiful tale of a dove's generosity who brings regeneration, land regeneration and reforestation to her community. And it's just like such a beautiful story. So I have been sitting on this children's book for let's call it a year and a half. And last year I thought that I could illustrate the book myself. I just was like, this is a solo project. I'm going to do it. So I went on, you know, I went on the internet. I went on Amazon. I ordered, (laughs) I ordered these paints and like paper. I got like all ready and they are still sitting in the bin. And it got to a point that maybe three or four weeks ago, I just sort of had this feeling and this like message that it needed to be a collaboration and I really wanted it to be a collaboration. So with especially a female illustrator, that's like what I really was craving. And so I'd sent out the manuscript to I think a couple artists over the year with nothing really back. And so I just took it as a sign like this isn't the time and it's not the right connection. But I sent it off to this illustrator and she connected with it immediately. She read it to her little girl who is 
a month apart from my son Noah. So it just felt really aligned. And she wrote back right away and she said, it brought tears to my eyes. I would love to do this project with you. And so I hired her as my illustrator. And this is my first time working with an illustrator. And it's just been such a beautiful experience, so much so that I have invited her as the guest for today's podcast episode. And I'm so excited to introduce you to her. She's lived the past eight years in Berlin, um, but she is Canadian. She's so cool and really her energy is really like warm and inviting and just beautiful. Like she's just this like radiant light. So I'm so excited to chat with her today. And I'm really excited to introduce you all to her. So her name is Lana Belton. And Lana is a designer, an illustrator, a ceramicist, and she's a teacher. Her work is inspired by nature, mythology, and folklore. She is driven by curiosity, which I love, playfulness, and she has an impossible to ignore urge to create. Lana is also the co-founder of a brand design agency called Studio Sculpture and has recently relocated back to her hometown in Canada with her husband and sweet daughter Poppy after spending the last eight years in Berlin, Germany. So without further ado, it's my absolute pleasure to welcome Lana Belton to the Creative Alchemy podcast. Welcome, Lana. Thank you for having me, Manik. It's lovely to be here. You're so welcome. I'm so happy when I asked you to come on to the podcast. You were so into it. And you and I have known each other for years, peripherally, like never really saying anything. I think we're just from <laughs> the same town. <laughs> yeah. You and I have recently been connected because we are working on a project together. And I've known about your work for years now. I've sort of been following your journey in Berlin. and motherhood actually I feel like motherhood is the reason that we've been sort of like reconnected or our worlds have kind of come together because we had a similar timeline in being pregnant and having our babies and it's funny how that happens when you become pregnant you sort of like are more aware of other women who are on the same journey same path same timeline as you and so it's so exciting for me because when I wrote a book I imagined myself to be the illustrator, but I think I knew deep down that that wasn't the path that I was actually going down. I wanted collaboration and I didn't find the right fit until you sort of circled back. Your energy sort of came into my life and I was like, oh my gosh, Lana, it's perfect. It's perfect. So you just relocated back from Berlin. You, I would imagine you went to school in Berlin. Can you tell me about your journey of leaving North America and Tell me about your design journey. I went to university in Winnipeg. I did a business degree that was probably never really the right fit for me, but was something I felt that I should do. It felt like a sensible choice for someone who wasn't really sure what path they wanted to take. <laughs> so it was a bit of a slog for me to, uh, to get through it. And then I finally did and started working at a couple of different advertising and design agencies in Winnipeg, more on the project management and account management side. Roles that were not really suited to me, but I loved working uh, with the creative teams. And 
started to see that that was actually a job <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and was really drawn to it. So I decided to go back to university quite soon after finishing my business degree, a couple of years after. And I'd always wanted to live in Europe. And since I was making this big change, making a career change, I thought, well, if I'm going to be a bear, be a grizzly and just make all the big changes at once, turn my life upside down. Why not? Uh, <laughs> and so I found a, a program in Berlin, a city that I had real, no real connection to. I visited once and I thought it was fine. <laughs> it and was I thought it was fine. Yeah. It was uh, you know, relatively affordable. It's easy to get around and travel around Europe from there. It's quite international. So I thought, okay, maybe the language barrier won't be such an issue. And yeah, just went for it. So I studied design when I was there. And during that program, that's where I met my two really close friends who became my business partners. And uh, while I was studying, I was freelancing. So were they. Um, we worked on a few projects together. And then when we were finished, we just thought, let's go for it. Let's try. It seemed like as good a time as any to begin our design practice, especially coming out of student life. We were already used to being poor. So we were like, I mean, how bad could it be? <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I and love that. I love that. Five years later, we just kind of, we rolled with it and uh, yeah, still rolling. So now I'm working remotely from here in Winnipeg and my uh, my two partners are still working over in Berlin. Wow. Any plans to go back and visit? Yes, definitely. I'm hoping in the early new year. Cool. What a time. It's still going to be cold there. Yes. Yeah, it'll still be cold, but nowhere near as cold as it is here. <laughs> That's fair. Maybe it's like, you know, a very gentle tropical. <laughs> the difference is crazy compared to Canadian yeah. Canadian winters. Oh, my gosh. European winters can't hurt me. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I love how you said, if I'm going to be a bear, be a grizzly. I've never heard that. And I resonate with that a lot in many aspects of my life. You're going to yeah, do I'm it, do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, that's so funny. Okay. And so tell me about being an, an illustrator now, because for me, I'm a photographer and my job is to be creative. And I know that sometimes artists feel like when they take on their passion and their creativity as a job, it sort of like loses its lust or loses like the magic of it, you know, because you have to become more structured with your process and it becomes work, which is what it wasn't before. So how do you balance that? And how do you do creativity as a job? <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned that because that was a message that I internalized a lot growing up of, you know, don't make your passions your job because then it you know sucks all of the joy out of it. And I think that's probably why I resisted entering a creative industry for so long. For me, passion and work are two sides of the same coin. I can't do something that I don't love. I need to feel really lit up about my work to stay productive. So for me, it's kind of a non-negotiable <laughs> to do something that I love. And I found actually that once I started working in a creative industry and working as a designer, and now that's expanded to working as an illustrator, 
the more that I commit professionally to my creative practice, the better it gets. And I really thrive in the structure that the professionalism of my passions brings. I think that within structure, that's where the freedom comes. So as I become more efficient in my processes, that's where the the magic happens for me. I've heard people say that they're like within the structure, there's freedom. I'm still trying to work that out. I do have like chunks in my day time that I'm able to sit down at my desk and work obviously, but I'm still really working around chunking time to just play. And I don't know if it's just sort of this season of life of survival and like motherhood and having to sort of be the provider of our family too, that I'm just like, okay, there's only so many hours. So this is how it's going to be. The other day I was painting and I mean, I haven't done that in, I think I ordered the paints last year and it felt so good. I had this, you know, blank canvas and I was like, what do I even paint? And then I was like, I'm going to paint the ocean, I guess, because I've got 20 minutes <laughs> and lo and behold my son comes in just like painting painting and then there's paint everywhere which is like amazing but also you know it's just so funny so I've heard people say you know they're within the structure you find the freedom and I'm still working on that so what what's like a day for you what would that look like for you yeah basically I'm, I'm looking for advice <laughs> Same. It's really hard as as I'm coming back from my maternity leave. Obviously, life looks a lot different than it did 20 months ago <laughs> before my daughter was born. So I'm still really navigating that too. And and motherhood or not, that would be an ongoing negotiation and a dance with myself. I have a hard time as well prioritizing play, even though it's something that's one of my deepest values. I think play is incredibly important. I strive to be a a curious and playful person in the world, Uh, but it's really hard. I always put my clients first. And of course, that's normal and necessary to some degree, because at the end of the day, we all have bills to pay and that's where it comes from. (laughs) But if you don't allocate that time for yourself and your passion projects, your personal projects as a creative person, you can kind of start to go on autopilot and and we go to that like joy sucking space of creative professional work that we just spoke about. I used to block my calendar out pretty regularly. Um, So at the beginning of the week or the beginning of the day, I would block out my time. So I knew what I was going to be working on when I've kind of fallen out of that habit. And as I speak about it, that reminds me I should uh, I should get back into it because it did work quite well. Lately, I've been um, sneaking in some time uh, to work on my own projects while my daughter Poppy is sleeping or with one of her grandparents uh, having a play date um, or after she's gone to bed, which is like the typical parent structure of, you know, trying to trying to find yourself creatively or reconnect with your passions after, you know, while navigating this huge shift into motherhood, because it's uh, really an identity shakeup, that's for sure. Oh, baby, you just said it. (laughs) One of my favorite books, which I talk about all the time, but it's called The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. And pre-pandemic, I was supposed to go shoot her retreat in Greece. And she is sort of like always on my vision board in the periphery. But so in her book, The Artist's Way, which is her like, you know, it's her eat, pray, love. And so in there, there's something called Artist Dates. 
And the idea is that you take yourself on a date once a week, your own inner artist on a date once a week. And I used to do that. Like I used to do that a lot, maybe between five and 10 years ago. I used to go all the time. I'd go to the art gallery. If I was traveling, I would go to an art gallery. I would go to a coffee shop. I'd go to the bookshops and go into the magical sections and smell the incense. And just, it was the best. Go to a yoga class. And, you know, I had much more freedom then. And um, I was traveling a lot. So, you know, my artist date, looked a lot sexier maybe <laughs> but Mine I really too. need to I think I need, I know I think I need to like get back into the practice of artist dates because they really lit me up and I think that that's what I was trying to do last week when I was painting was just to have myself an artist date and I almost feel like when I have a moment that is not focused on like work work I almost don't even know what to do with myself because I'm not used to being like alone like I stand there sort of like Duh, like it's almost like you run through a list in your head of all the things that you could do. And then you're like, oh, would it be so silly to just sit and like read three pages from this like book that I love so much or, you know, so I, I think you're right. Like even just talking about this, I can hear my own soul craving an artist date. Help, uh, help. help me, bring me back to life. Um, so as I do before any guest comes on this podcast, I give your name a Google. And uh -oh. what came up? No, 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 nothing. Uh oh, you are just the coolest. You look like the coolest gal. There isn't that much on you about you on the internet. But what I did find and what I wanted to ask about is can you tell me about instructions for drifting? Oh, yeah, sure. I was just thinking about that project this morning, actually. Yeah. Instructions for Drifting was a project that we did at the studio. So as I said, one of my core values is curiosity and play. I think the reason that I work so well with my partners, Emma and Madeline, is because those are really important values for them too. We share that. So that became kind of the bedrock, the foundation of Studio Sculpture. And we have really prioritized setting aside time in our practice to work on personal projects and Instructions for Drifting was one of those. So we created a set of cards that can help people kind of reconnect with their curiosity and their sense of play and exploration. It's based off of a group of artists called the, um, the Situationists. And they were really all about kind of breaking out of the repetitive kind of ruts you get stuck in geographically as you move throughout the city. So, you know, it's like we go on autopilot, you get in your car or you walk out of the house and get on the train to go to work and you end up just kind of following the same circular route, going to the same few places and you really stop seeing the world around you. So they came up with this concept called a derive, uh, which means to drift. The idea is that you kind of break against that, get yourself out of your rut and start moving through an urban landscape more playfully without any purpose uh, or real goal in mind uh, in small groups. And then we created a set of cards that would kind of help people have a derive experience to drift through through the city. So it's like a playful kind of open-ended game. And we actually brought sort of a, a guest artist in to work on that project with us. And, uh, and then we've also held a few workshops with university students playing with the cards and then guiding them through creating their own games or sort of playful design experiences. That was long-winded, but that's instructions for drifting. <laughs> no, but that's, that's so cool because 
what got me curious about it initially I thought it was like oracle cards or something I was like whoa that's cool definitely want those but then I read you know you have them sort of spread out in a photo and you can read some of the cues that you have on these cards and the prompts that you have are so interesting and they really incite creative thinking really doing thinking seeing outside of the box and I absolutely love that because it's so true. And what you just explained, sort of getting caught in the loop of like getting in your car, going down the same route, seeing the same things, that might be my nightmare, truthfully. Mm-hmm. I have said for so many years now that like complacency is my worst nightmare. Like I love reliability. I love even here, like my life here in Panama, it's very predictable-ish. <laughs> predictable-ish but in a way that's welcomed it's not in a way that is like you know the hamster wheel of like city living what you were describing and what I love and I miss so much about Europe like France especially but Europe in general I you know Western Europe especially like people are so interesting especially youth when you go out and you sit and have a glass of wine at the bar people are not talking about Lady Gaga (laughs) people are talking about politics and literature and art and I remember sitting down and being like is this a joke is everyone actually interested in art and (laughs) reading the newspaper and it it just was so fascinating to me did you find that in Berlin yeah I think for me being in Berlin was a it was such an interesting experience I was definitely part of a primarily expat community But yeah, I mean, I met so many like-minded people in going to a design school and meeting people from a lot of different backgrounds, a lot of different places. Uh, It was a really interesting experience. It shook things up. And it was really nice for me, too, coming from, you know, we were speaking about how we've kind of known of each other for for years because that's the way it is, the place we're from, a relatively small Mm -hmm. city. (laughs) But it was really, really nice for me to be somewhere where I felt very anonymous. I love that. That was my favorite thing about traveling and it still is the anonymity. I love that nobody, I sit down at lunch and nobody, I'm not going to see anybody. And if I do, could you imagine halfway across the world, wouldn't that just be lovely and serendipitous? Yeah. And then after eight years of that, now that I'm uh, back in Winnipeg, I'm really seeing the positive side of being from a place where you're you know, deeply connected to a community of a lot of other people and finding mm-hmm. the joy in bumping into people pretty much everywhere you go. Uh, I think now I'm at a point in my life where I'm more secure in myself and, <laughs> and, and can really see the positives of that too. So both are good. I think everyone needs a balance of both in their life as with most things. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Okay, and so you lived in Berlin for nearly a decade. What will you miss the most and what will you miss the least? Oh, okay. 
Well, now that I have some distance from leaving Berlin, I'm like uh, really, ro- I'm starting to romanticize it again. And the problems of <laughs> of expat life in Germany are sort of receding into the distance, leaving only the, the positive memories, which is nice. <laughs> but I think what I'll really miss about living in Berlin, I mean, the access to culture was pretty unparalleled. There's incredible museums and cinema and wonderful restaurants and really cool bars. Uh, It's just, it's such a vibrant city. It's buzzing with life and energy. Um, And, you know, it's right at your fingertips. You can just hop onto it, um, onto an U-Bahn and access pretty much anything you could want (laughs) in a really short amount of time. That was amazing. Being able to, not for the last couple of years so much, but pre-pandemic, being able to travel around to different countries so quickly and easily and affordably. That was a really wonderful experience. And I enjoyed that a lot um, in in my time there. So I'll definitely miss that. We're a bit landlocked (laughs) here in Manitoba. Those are the two the two main things I'll miss a lot. What I won't miss, <laughs> uh, I mean, it can also start to feel like a grind living in a really big city. You always have a lot of people around you. Berlin does have amazing green spaces, so you can get like a feeling of nature without leaving the city. And, and there's beautiful nature, you know, all, all around the city. But yeah, feeling like a little bit maybe suffocated and, <laughs> and hemmed in by, by always having so many people around you. So it's like that's the other side of the vibrancy is the kind of hustle and bustle and sort of deafening noise. And I definitely won't miss the administration, <laughs> the administrative requirements of living in another country, which... I'm sure you're up your eyeballs in as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just now, after three years, just now I'm able to take a little bit of a breath, um, which feels fantastic because yeah. every your inbox just fills up with this paper, this oh, paper, gosh. this deadline, I, this the fear. I, feel, I, I really am not going to miss uh, the fear I felt opening my mailbox every time uh, and getting <laughs> angry letters in German. It's just absolutely terrifying. (laughs) It just always felt like I was, someone's going to come to the door and drag me away. (laughs) Oh my gosh. But you know what? There's no perfect place. And having this European experience for eight years, it's nice. It kind of, in a nice way, sort of took the romance out of it. So I, I, Mm. I had a really beautiful experience um, it was wonderful. And then now I'm also seeing the beauty of of where I'm from in a different mm-hmm. way. And, you know, I know that there is no such thing as a perfect place that's going to fulfill and, you know, meet all of your needs. Every place has its pros and cons. And, you know, that's why we travel. <laughs> that's why we travel. Exactly. That's why we travel. So can you tell me what is lighting you up these days? Yeah, sure. Uh, well, my kid. <laughs> oh my gosh, she's so precious. Oh she's gosh. wonderful. And it's so cool being with her here on the land that I grew up on. For the past few months since we got home, we've actually been staying at, uh, at my mom's house, which is my childhood home. And, and it's a little hobby farm outside the city. Uh, so it's been really beautiful seeing her in the actual space that I grew up in and you know connecting with the animals and playing with the horses and you know taking her out into the forest and seeing the world through her eyes and kind of reconnecting with the magic of childhood in this really special way 
has been unexpectedly inspiring. It's really lovely. And she's just so funny. I mean, toddlers are crazy, but they're so funny. <laughs> so her, first and foremost, little Poppy June. And also my illustration work has, has really been lighting me up. I've been finding so much joy in painting and experimenting. It's something that I've done my whole life, but in the last few years have really recommitted a lot of, a lot more energy and space to, and that's starting to finally come to fruition professionally. The book we're working on together, Exhibit A of that. (laughs) But it's so nice um, to, you know, we're talking about the importance of passion projects and and it's, it's cool now to be in a place where I can look back and start to, you know, see the fruit of all of the effort that's put in. Not that every passion project needs to contribute to your professional career or whatever. It's really important to have space for things that are just fun and just for you creating for the sake of creating. But yeah, those two things, my kid and drawing, that's really what's what's getting me lit up and spending time in nature. It's been so yeah. nice reconnecting to this land and the change in, se- in seasons, you know, spending this time out in the country has been really lovely. I take the same silly little walks in the forest every day and uh, just they're not silly they're so important I'm gonna go take I'm gonna go take a silly little walk in the jungle later and I cannot wait there's so much sun today Mm -hmm. it looks so beautiful outside take my little guy to the beach and hopefully it'll be low tide and we can like yeah play in the ocean and splish splash around it's the best I feel like nature is so like lovely and healing and yeah it's the best it's a little too hot out right now but in a couple hours I'll be able to to sneak out there Um, it's been so nice watching the um like reconnecting to the landscape here and the shift in the seasons and just seeing the the difference and the contrast between Germany and Canada seeing the differences and uh and then the things that are similar it's I just I feel like a kid again it's a really nice feeling (laughs) That's one of the things that I think I miss the most is the change of the seasons. Like it really mm-hmm. marks the year, it marks the season. And even though the weather is so extreme that people often are always talking or c- complaining about the weather. <laughs> yeah. It's just so lovely. I I that's something that I want my son and my partner to experience is that shift of seasons and they got to experience fall this year. We were back in Canada and it was so lovely and I experienced a lot of the things that you just were talking about was just, you know, sharing the land and sharing you know, where I grew up and all of the very special places that I have in my heart and I got to share them with them. And that's like one of the coolest, coolest feelings. Like I knew I would love it, but I love it even more than I thought, you know? Yeah, it's wonderful. It's uh, all the cliches are true. (laughs) So good. Okay. So illustration is lighting you up as well. I have to say that I was so beyond impressed with, I don't want to call it onboarding, but just sort of like, Well, the beginning steps of like, I didn't know what to expect. I've never worked with another illustrator before. And I was like, cool, she's going to like do some beautiful drawings. This is going to be great. And one of the first questions that you asked about in our sort of discovery call when, you know, you've already read the manuscript, you're familiar with the story, but you had asked about characters within the book and archetypes. And so can you tell me more about what that process is like for you because you like for you curiosity is a huge aspect of what you do and a big value of yours and I guess I wasn't expecting so much curiosity (laughs) to the point that I was just like I was so impressed I was like you were making me 
think about this book in a whole new way, in a way that's like lighting me up more than I was before almost, you know, you're asking me details about certain characters. Is the dove shy? Can you tell me more about like that process and how, like, I just think it's so cool. Well, first of all, thank you so much. That's just about the nicest feedback I could get. So that's lovely. I'm glad that the process is clicking for you. Yeah, I approach, well, yeah, illustration and design with really similar structure. And for me, whenever I'm working with a client, I mean, also when I do projects for myself, but in a different way, my favorite thing about what I do, whether it's illustration or design, is deeply understanding what the person I'm co-creating with or the company I'm co-creating with, deeply understanding their vision and their dreams, you know, how they envision this project coming to life and then distilling it into something that resonates with them, you know, helping them bring this vision into the world. I think sometimes when my clients come to me, they've got this like big idea and it's like too big to harness. They like can't, there's so many different ways that you could take it. And there's so many things that you could do and it just feels totally overwhelming and they feel a little bit paralyzed. So I love, you know, when I do a discovery call or creative onboarding, uh, that's my favorite part of the process is just really digging deep into what is it that you're looking for? What are you trying to say? Who are you trying to connect with? What are you trying to like gift to the world through this project? Mm. And then kind of distilling that into something that's succinct and understandable. Yeah, sort of translating these really big, so big they're almost formless ideas (laughs) into something that's digestible. That's my process of getting into the headspace of who I'm working with, who I'm collaborating with. So my book doesn't have that many characters. I think there's four, maybe five, if you count the cow. (laughs) We have a dove, a farmer, a boy, a cow, (laughs) and I think that's it. That's everybody. (laughs) But you had asked me such specific questions about each character, and one in specific was about the little boy. There's a part in the book about a little (laughs) boy by the river, and you would ask me, okay, so tell me about this boy, and like what's his name and I was like I think I don't know is he wearing a backwards hat I don't think so does he have straight hair or curly hair I'm not sure I'm like I think his name is Jose and then I had this moment where you were looking at me through the screen and I stopped and I was like wait (laughs) I was also thinking it's your son (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why I think because I wrote the book for him that I didn't Mm -hmm. think that I would put him in the book but then when it clicked in my own head like I almost had to arrive to the idea myself that it became so clear I was like no he has curly hair and his name is Noah that's the little boy he's like curious and he's got these fat little stubby feet and that's my son and for those people listening right now you won't be able to see this because it's a podcast but Lana you have a rainbow on your face right now rainbow magic for this beautiful book we're working on together. (laughs) 
Yeah, well, I'm so glad that the little boy is is Noah because he is just about the most illustratable child I've uh, ever seen. He's going to be fun to draw. (laughs) I am just shocked that I had such a beautiful baby. He is just the most precious thing in the world. And I always joke that I live in sort of like a storybook with like maybe there's 80 characters in my little town. But everybody knows his name. We go walking in the little town and all the kids are screaming and Noah, screaming his little name. And it's just so precious. All of it is just so precious. So I'm so happy that you've helped me along in holding my hand through this process of discovering the characters within my own book (laughs) and to discover that that it's actually my son. Um, And half half of your face is a rainbow right now. It's just amazing. That's so fun. Well, okay. And so what are you looking forward to in the future? What are like some good things that are coming your way? Ooh, well, we're soon going to be closing this chapter of living out in the country and reconnecting with this family land, which has been wonderful. But we found a really magical little house in the city to rent. So next week, we're going to be moving into town, which is going to be great. I'm so excited for that. Looking forward to uh, being a bit more social and reconnecting with friends, being in an urban environment. I think I was telling you uh, when we were first chatting about your book that I'm feeling a little isolated out here. Uh, It's very romantic and beautiful, but I am for days at a a time, like sitting out in a field talking to a horse, So, (laughs) 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 which is great, but it'll be nice to be able to like go to a cafe and get a coffee. Totally. Yeah, I'm uh, really looking forward to continuing to find the the flow and and find my way back into my professional life as a mom now. You know, everything is different and and every day I'm I'm just learning how to how to balance these two roles. <laughs> so yeah, looking forward to some exciting creative projects coming up next year. Yeah, hopefully traveling back to Berlin soon to uh, reconnect with my partners in person and friends there. And yeah, just I, I'm really hoping that 2023 is going to be a year of like friendship and connection for me. Mm. Um, that was my New Year's resolution in uh, in 2020. Ha! <laughs> Didn't really work out that way. <laughs> Maybe you were like crossing your fingers and the yeah. universe took that as like the, you know, opposites. The completely exactly. the opposite way. It's funny that you say that because I actually. Friends. Yeah, let's let's see how that goes. You're like, you're not allowed to leave your house. <laughs> it has to be on the internet only. <laughs> oh, well, I was just saying that yesterday. I actually, after being here for a month back in Panama, I finally feel landed and settled, and I had a really nice reconnection. Sort of just hang out with no sort of goal in mind. It was just like, come over, let's hang, relax, catch up. And I said within that meeting, I said, you know, I'm really like living out here in the jungle is amazing. And there are some amazing people here. I've got beautiful like, you know, friendships, but I don't want to say that they're superficial because that's not the right word. But everyone is so busy sort of doing their own thing and trying to kind of make it work out here because it's it's not for the faint of heart. Everything is not a rigmarole, but like it's a real sort of like it's a racket to try and like get things done and even to like try and make money and survive like there are challenges to living here and it takes up a lot of your day you know so 
the opportunity to see each other. And then on top of that, everyone got pregnant in the pandemic. So everyone's a parent and trying to get work here. So it just provides a lot of challenges to find time to connect. And our community is, here is beautiful. Like today is the new moon. And I think normally there would have been sort of like women's circle or something like that. And maybe I just need to get on top of it and like organize it myself. But that's something that I'm really missing too, is like craving. And that's, that's actually one of the things that I love about our reconnection also is just having that collaboration and having that sort of I don't know connection nice chats like I feel so energized after we get to chat and that sort of thing but I was saying that yesterday I was like I really am craving like more friendship in my life so maybe we could both put that on our vision and goal board for yeah. 2023 try again <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, almost nervous to put that out there to see what uh, what gets thrown back. <laughs> Hopefully it's not another pandemic. Ooh. <laughs> oh my gosh. Curse you for saying that. <laughs> no, I'm not that powerful. I'm not that powerful. No, no. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. Okay, so I have one last question for you. If you're going to put a few things on a vision board for 2023, what would they be? I love vision boards. I love saying things out loud. I love making them real. I love making it happen. To me, the practice of vision boarding and goal setting has honestly worked. I think it's like a real thing, even though I think it's perceived as like magical and not really, I don't know, concrete. I would love to hear what yours are. Yeah, well, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I, I love me a vision board. I think it's a valuable exercise to sort of solidify, even if it's not in a super concrete way, just to kind of set a course for yourself, set an intention. Yeah, like I said, the big one for me, I think, is reconnecting with my community here, reconnecting with old friends, making new ones setting my professional roots down here too after such a big shakeup. I mean, my whole professional network is in Berlin and my business is still in Berlin, so that's fine, but it would be nice to, you know, to expand it here. And yeah, continuing to uh, expand my the illustration side of my practice. So I would love to get more into editorial illustration. I think the big one that I haven't said out loud that I'm just going to say out loud now, I've been working on the beginnings of my own children's book. So <laughs> it's I <really> was wondering <laughs> what you were holding back. What I, was I could think around this with. whole time, this whole time you've been like soft pause. And I was like, she has a project. I feel like there's something going on here that she's not saying out loud. You're working on a children's book. That's so yeah, beautiful. How yeah. wonderful. Yeah, that's kind of the big personal project up on the, on my vision board, my goals for cool. next year. And it's really connected to what we were speaking about, about the change of the season and kind of, yeah, connecting to this kind of receding and renewal of the, the shifts of the year. A little bit peggy, a little bit folklore ooh, 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 <laughs> ooh. Can't wait so I can have it on our shelves here. Oh, my gosh, that's so wonderful. Yeah. Oh. I'm so happy for you, Lena. Yay. Children's books galore. <laughs> yeah, totally. I'm so into it. Like there was a moment last week where I was like, do I just, <laughs> I've just written one manuscript, but I was like, do I quit everything and become a children's publisher? <laughs> more, because more, more. I'm just so into it. I'm just so into it. I think it's such a beautiful thing to like curate and write and create yeah, the things that awesome. our children get to learn and the future generations get to learn. It's such a beautiful thing. I think there's such a beautiful art form too. It's a really interesting medium where it's like 
poetry combined with visuals and you know wrapped up into this beautiful little package since i was a kid i've always loved world building and all of the little magical details that you can find within a story and yeah i'm like why don't grown-ups get illustrated books i feel like we got the short end of the stick on that deal <laughs> i would have gone much farther in university and my academic career i think if i would have had access to illustrated books, books. <laughs> Not kidding. <laughs> I feel you. Such a visual person. I'm such a I'm such a visual person. Oh my gosh. Like I think of all the kids that can access information and in physics and really sort of complicated theoretical like learnings through YouTube. There's so many neat channels now that exist for kids to learn. And I just would have really grasped that as a child, you know. Yeah, that would have been nice for me too. As it stands, I can yeah. barely count. So. <laughs> Well, there's no numbers in in the book that I wrote for you, so we're in good shape. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Lana, it was such a pleasure to talk with you. I am so excited for what's to come with both our collaborative project and your children's book that you're working on and all of the things in the future. Um, Thank you so much for joining me and for sharing your energy and I'll link all of your social and everything. So if you're interested in connecting with Lana, you can do so through the show notes, but yeah, thank you so much, Lana, for everything. It's always a joy to chat with you and I'm, I'm just so excited for what the future brings. Thank you so much, Monique. It was such a pleasure. Uh, What a beautiful conversation. As always, my cheeks hurt from smiling, as always, after we chat. (laughs) I love it. And thank you so much for having me. This was super fun. I feel the same way, and my cheeks are sore. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, thanks so much, Lana. We'll chat soon. Bye. Produced and distributed by the Sound Off Media Company. You looking to make the most out of this life and optimize your personal wellness? Then check out the Natural Man Podcast. Join me, host Mike C, as we explore all areas of human wellness, physical, mental, and emotional. Learn strategies to optimize your own well-being and be in the driver's seat of your own health. Remember, your doctor works for you. Learn biohacks, neurohacks, ways to improve sleep, and ways to optimize your body and your mind. Check us out on Apple, Spotify, the Fountain app, and at naturalmanpodcast.com.